Number four, verse five, says the fourth thing we should do is affirm our creator. Verse five, for this they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old. Not by chance, not by bang, not by time, not by process, not by spontaneous generation of inorganic into organic deals. By the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water. That's why we think of the vapor canopy. It seems like God had water around the planet, and then the earth, and there was water in the planet. And that's why it was like a greenhouse, and that's why things grew so big and people lived so long and, and all that. But what this verse talks about is a creator did that. He just spoke, and it happened. Number five, look at verse six. Remember the judge. By which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. The world, everyone, everything. Some of you maybe haven't been around long enough to ever have studied Noah and the ark. It's one of the most fascinating studies in the world that I've come across. I mean, I've read every book I can get on this, and it's just been boggling how incredibly detailed. I mean, even I was telling some of the folks, I mean, it, it even gives the chronology. It's fascinating. God says, on this day he shut the door. On this day it started raining. On this day it stopped raining. On this day the ark rested. On this day the door back opened back up. Why did God give all those dates? Because a little bit later on, they correspond with events in the Jewish ceremonial worship calendar. And we're going to see that when we look at it tonight. It's kind of interesting. But number five is remember the judge. These people had no excuse for their sin. Before Noah began building the ark, they saw the power of God. But for 120 years, they didn't listen. And that was more than ample for anyone to repent that wanted to. God gave them that long. Listen to what Spurgeon said. He who does not believe God, that God will punish sin, will not believe that he will pardon it through atoning blood. The same people that wouldn't believe that God was going to flood the world certainly wouldn't believe that they needed a Savior. And the people you talk to today and I talk to today that don't believe God's going to call them into account, that don't believe he's going to resurrect them in a, in a physical body to stand before him and to answer for themselves, those people who don't believe in judgment don't need atonement. What do I need it for? This is all there is to live for. There's nothing afterward. Spurgeon continued and he said this, I charge you who profess the Lord not to be unbelieving with regard to the terrible threatenings of God to the ungodly. Believe the threat even though it should chill your blood. Believe it though nature shrinks from the overwhelming doom of hell. For if you do not believe, then disbelieving God at one point will drive you to disbelieve God at other points of revealed truth. That's what's happening today in Christendom. We're having an unraveling. People don't understand doctrine in the Bible, and they say, I don't believe that. And what happens is because they don't believe that, it's unraveling other points of the Scripture. I like what is recorded about Socrates in ancient Greece. There's a young man who every time he saw Socrates in Athens, he said this, I hate you because every time I meet you, you show me what I am. Did you know people hate us because every time they meet us, we remind them of where they're going, of who they're denying, 
and of what that person they're denying has promised is going to happen to them. We need to keep remembering the judge. Number six, verse...